Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, and echo Welcome to the gathering on Signs of Life Radio. I'm Bob Ginsberg, and I'm here with Tom and Melissa Gould, as usual. This time of the month, it's our gathering show. Uh, this show was really dedicated to our listeners and members, and uh, you either call in or write in um, as you've done, you know, over the week with some questions, anything regarding the afterlife and. Um, we we talked we, we enjoy talking to each other, but we enjoy it even more when we get to talk to you. So don't be bashful if you want to call into the show. The number here is 888-627-6008. Um, we do have a few announcements um, uh, that we can talk about uh, for Forever Family Foundation. Right now, the raffle is again in full swing and you could win a medium reading with one of five mediums all certified by the foundation, John Holland and and four other wonderful mediums. Uh, So you can uh, fight hours a chance. Uh, The information is on our website. And of course, uh, when you do enter the raffle, you support the work of forever family foundation. Um, We also have a webinar that's on the website in the events section of grief and the afterlife. Uh, that's um, in April, so you can um, register by visiting uh, foreverfamilyfoundation.org and going to the events page. And last but not least, um, you know, we're having more of these grief retreats that we normally have, and we try to post them as far in advance as we can. And the October grief retreat in California is is open. Uh, there are 10 spots left, so... Um, if you're thinking about going to California in October, attending one of our grief retreats, um, uh, don't waste time, you know, get in there, you know, while you can. There'll be another one after that um, in January um, in Florida, but we won't be posting that for a while. So uh, let's um, get in. You know, before we get into that, I, I forget if we've talked about it on the uh, Tom and Wissa. You've read the book, The Unobstructed Universe. I don't oh, know if you ever have. A while ago? Yeah, who's right. the author on that one? It's you know, it, it's Stuart Edward White. Um, you know, I it's um it's a book, you know, Stuart oh, no. Edward White. You, know, you, you should pick this up, Tom. You you just you you won't be able to put it down. But it's 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 written um wow, you know, it, it's written uh, 80 years ago. Wow. Uh, by uh, a researcher, uh, you know, there were, there were two psychical researchers, Stuart Edward Wife and his wife, Betty, who his wife, Betty, was not only a researcher, but a, an accomplished uh, trans medium um, at the time. And Betty passed on to spirit and was giving lessons, uh, you know, to Stuart in the physical world through another medium that they used to work with. 
and the whole book is filled with insights after insights. I just had an urge to pick it up. I also try, probably read it like 17, 18 years ago. I forgot about it. And uh, and something that caught my eye and I opened it up and I know Fran must have read it also 17, 18 years ago. And the whole whole book is filled with her um, comments and underlines and, wow. and dog ears. And she'd write things like, wow, or bingo, you know, because it really resonated. But, you know, a lot of the, the science aspect of it that we talk about, that they're talking about. So um, you should pick that one up. So um, as I mentioned, if you want to call in and have any questions related to the afterlife, it's 888-627-6008. And we can start getting into some of the questions uh, that were emailed in. Um, Some are simple, some are more complicated. So we'll, we'll do our best. Um, The first one uh, simply says, uh, what are our loved ones doing in the afterlife for work and for fun? <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, we really don't know, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's a guess, you know, I, I just mentioned that book and like, you know, what, what Betty says from the other world in, in this book is that the afterlife, especially initially is, is not much different than it is here. Uh, you know, the whole premise is that, the other side, the people in the afterlife, they live in the unobstructed universe, and we here um, live in the obstructed universe, but it's all one universe. And, you know, things that are obstruct- obstructions to us, like our own body, or this desk that's in- sitting in front of me, that's a, it's an obstruction, I can't move through it, they don't have any such obstructions. Mm-hmm. So they have, a you know, a great, uh, a great degree of freedom that we don't have here. But I know we've talked about this before, like we've all read reports about the afterlife where people manifest things like they can manifest a house if they want to manifest this. You know, Betty in this book seems to think or mention that, yeah, they could, but they they really don't because there's really no need to do that. You know, everything uh, is communicated by thought. Um, They have a world of no obstructions. Um, and they could move about, you know, pretty much where they want, if the, only to places that are on the same frequency. Um, so, you know, so that's interesting. Remember, we used to get, we get a lot of callers and they would say, well, can you, you know, is there an afterlife in other, you know, why do we return to Earth? Why don't we go to other planets? So the, the reasoning would be, um, like from, from this book, is that they can only go um to frequencies that they have access to. So they came from this earth and they have a resonance with the frequencies here and they could come in and out of our world, you know, as they please, but to go to the sun, they don't have the frequency of the sun. So they couldn't do that. That sort of makes sense to me. What do you, what do you guys think? That I want to start with the houses though. There was that, I think, I don't know if it's still on that television show, the good place. And they were manifesting houses a yeah. lot. But what do you think, Tom, about the frequencies? It makes sense. I guess. I, um, it's hard. I mean, but the, the sun is, I mean, that's in our physical world. I mean, why isn't that the same frequency? I, I'm not the. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're talking about, you know, uh, consciousness and, and, and the degree of, of consciousness as it relates to, you know, to frequency. So, um, 
there may be other beings on other planets that have a consciousness that's totally different from ours and a different vibratory level. And they, um, when they, if they reincarnated, they'd return back to the planet where they were originally from because they resonate with that. Who knows? We can only, you know, conjecture, but it's, it's a shame. Don't you think that we don't get more from the mediums about today about what the afterlife is like they just don't occasionally they'll say something but not much right i mean no I, yeah i agree with that i mean a few things that i pick up on and i've referred to often is a, a reading that melissa got where my father came through and when you say what do they do for fun he said hey you see that jet ski out there i'm gonna go and ride on the back of that all afternoon he won't even know i'm there yes uh, and well, another thing he had said to us in another reading was that uh, it's basically, yeah, saying that the afterlife was similar and yet everything went at jet speed. Everything goes really fast over there. So, um, and then also what you started off by saying that the, uh, it's not that much different over there and that's supported by evidence of, uh, well, near-death experience and and spirit that's earthbound, that some spirit and or some people don't realize that they've died when they actually have, and they and they find themselves looking around. It's not until you know nobody can hear or see them that they realize, oh wait a minute, I'm in a different state here. So uh, yeah, that that lends itself to the fact that it's. It's not a different world. We're not going to a, a different place. We're, we're in the same place. We're just vibrating differently. And when you guys talk about having all these tentacles in different times at this, different places at the same time, are, are maybe our innate hum, humanness is what we just keep returning to. You know, plants or other entities may connect in other ways with whatever their natural link is. But as humans, if we think of that, I I was pondering this the other day because I, I grew up in a household where we didn't talk about God. We, But I've heard Eckhart Tolle say that God is a word for that human energy that we all share. And so maybe when we move on to the spirit world, we still retain that. Maybe maybe it's it's in us somehow to want to stay with our kind. Yeah, that makes sense, and and um, we that we that comes up a lot that we tend to, I guess I wouldn't say habitate, but but be among people of the same level or the same frequency, and then everything really comes down to that our existence on the other side has a lot to do with our physical existence, you know? So the way that we live our lives, you know, affects us. We apparently spend some time in the afterlife realm, kind of trying to make things right for things that we did wrong here. Um, um, And that's a hell of an incentive, you know, to, to get a, 
to get a good seat, so to speak, you know, <laughs> where, where you go and to spend less time working on the things that you did wrong and just do less things wrong here. Um, and, and you'll have an easier time there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a spiritual concept, but it's one that, that, that actually makes sense. And I wish more people would, would adhere to that because it would be a much better world if they yeah. would. Yeah. You know, I just uh, had a birthday, which, you know, I'm, you get to a certain age and, you know, the old expression is you have to, you know, you're confronted with your own mortality. And I, I've sort of, after doing this sort of work for a long time, I felt, hey, it's my birthday. Now I have to deal with my own immortality. Yeah. And and you have to, you know, how how are you going to live the next life if, uh, you know, and you, I don't know if it's too late now, but, you know, anything you can do to set yourself on the right track will give you a better afterlife. Yeah. So I don't think that people in the afterlife are idle a lot. I think that they're always, um, they don't have the same emotional um, obstructions that we do. I don't think that they have the ego. I don't think that they have the greed. There's no purpose to it, you know? So, so I think that, um, they're always moving forward. They're not just idling around. They're more learning, more experience, more knowing, you know, more light, more enlightenment, you know. So um, I think, and that maybe that's a reason why we don't always hear from them, you know, that they are moving in, in directions that we can't even, you know, comprehend. And yet uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it to be an even playing field. No, oh, definitely not. Yeah. In fact, you know, again, with my father in the reading that uh, he was talking about appealing to higher entities to deal with a problem that we were going through and he was trying to help us with. And that shows you that when you get to the other side, there's still a hierarchy. There's still more levels to go. You're not at the at the ultimate level. Yeah. Uh, and that's when the initial question was talking about what do you do for work or play? Well, I guess you work on your your soul to get it to the higher levels. Uh, uh, and as Melissa said, you probably work on, definitely the first thing you do is you work on trying to uh, reconcile the things you did in life that, you know, good or bad. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I would imagine that you can try to correct things in the physical world, you know, by um, interfering or, you know, or by making, you know, manifesting certain things, just like you can manifest objects and things to, but I don't, I guess it doesn't always work, you know. To, Give me you know, an example, Bob. Give me an example of what you mean. Well, you know, that. so you, you, I mean, we hear simple things like, um, it's not necessarily right and wrong, but, you know, people, they left their spouse penniless, but they remember that there was, you know, a box with money in it and they get the message across uh, through somebody that to tell where the money is or um, or maybe that they did a wrong to somebody. So they try to coordinate things so that person is at the right place at the right time to have a windfall, you know, or, or to, 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 you know, to get somebody's compassion or love. I don't know how it works, but I would imagine they tried and meet that they don't always 
succeed, but I, I would imagine they tried. I have, well, I have also, a, when you yeah, say yeah. the you know you, I've heard a lot about setting intentions and that they will come to fruition um, in the sense that the the one book I read about uh, uh, people who are successful and what they have in common and, and a lot of them actually write down on a piece of paper their goals. So when they're young, they're saying, well, you know, when I'm 30, I want to have this kind of job. I want to drive this kind of car. I want to have this kind of family. And they put it on their mirror and look at it every day, every day. And then after 15, 20 years, there they are. They're standing in it going, well, this is what I I had intended. And uh, so what you're saying that it does... It doesn't always work in the sense that you write it down, you set the intention today, and then you wake up tomorrow and go, well, that didn't work. You know, it, it takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I do believe it does work because I've set some intentions long ago that I find that now that I'm, I'm going, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's that. You don't even realize it when it happens a lot of the right. time. Here's a, a question. Uh, person writes, I had a dream where my spouse in, in the afterlife was angry with me and doing things that they never would have done. I found it very upsetting. So if they're in our dreams, do you think that it's really them? So I would say that it's um, sometimes yes and sometimes no. I mean, it's very likely that um, you manifested, you know, the image of your spouse and um, co-mingled with things that you had in your subconscious or had on your mind, or maybe you were angry about something, or maybe you worried about something and you just rehashed it. And it wasn't really a, a true visitation from your loved one, which would usually, would you would usually be loving, you know? And, 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 and yeah. so, so I think there's a difference between that regular disjointed things with stuff that don't, doesn't make any sense. And, your love and your spouse, you know, or your spouse popping in and smiling at you and telling you that they loved you would be a visitation, you know, but I would say it's nothing to get upset over no more than any other kind of bad dream that you had, you know, you guys agree with that? You have it be considered, we would say a dream visit, time will tell if it stays with her and is completely clear in all the details yeah, I I might consider it, but I agree with you, Bob. I think it's making sense of all putting the puzzles pieces together of everything that had been on her mind. Right. Um, here's one: uh, How much time do our loved ones spend around us? How do they help us with our grief and suffering? Um, I think. Uh, I think they're always. They're not always trying to get through, but that's how they try to help us by trying to get through, whether that be in the form of a sign or a dream visitation or a message through a medium or or something. Um, I think that they they do feel our grief. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't. You know, they feel our love. Why wouldn't they feel our grief? Yeah. Uh, and and how much time do they spend around us? Well, I guess whenever they can, and they're not busy doing something else, right? If the, if it is. If it is one universe and they don't have any obstructions, it would make sense that they're that they spend a lot of time around us. You know, I, I just always wonder 
and I think we've talked about this before, but if it would be frustrating for them, you know, that they, they so desperately want to help us and get through and, they, and it's not easy, you know, right. so I don't know. Does frustration exist where they are? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, and yeah. there's an example of that as a reading that I was getting, actually, I wasn't getting it. I, I was part of a, uh, we were at a conference that happened to happen on uh, uh, we got there on a Thursday night when you and you you did the radio show from the conference and I was just sitting in the room and there were two mediums at the the table and all of a sudden one of them turned to me and started talking about a guy uh, who uh, you know fig- you know with guitars and all this. And I, I had just been with a guy with guitars uh, who makes guitars. And I thought they were talking about him, but it was actually turns out to be my friend, John Stewart, who had passed and, uh, and he was coming through and the other medium turns to me and he goes, you know, he's wearing one of those hats, you know, and a pipe just like, and, and I've, it was Sherlock Holmes hat, and and that that's wow. exactly John's uh, sense of humor. It's like, hey Sherlock, it's me. You know, figure it out. Oh. I didn't figure it out till days later, and I went, oh, that's. But he was probably frustrated that I didn't know it was him. But then he still had his sense of humor to say, figure it out, Sherlock. Right. <laughs> he could have said something else too in that vein, but he was polite. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, Jen and Mayor probably wouldn't repeat that. <laughs> right, let's 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 go to a caller. Um, we have um, Evelyn from New York. Hello, Evelyn. Hi. How are Hi. you? Okay. How are Hi. you? Welcome to the gathering. Good. Thank you. you um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, um, I did experience uh, red cardinals when my my dad first passed. And um, I was living on the North Shore. So <laughs> I was living uh, downstairs, so I thought maybe feed was down there. I, I really didn't know. But they came quite often, and then they built a nest. So I felt really comforted knowing that they were coming every day, and they were beautiful. So um, I've since moved to the South Shore, and now I see morning doves, which mm. I, I have, I, I, well... I have been uh, checking this out on the computer, and it says that um, they are from um, from uh, angels to speak to you from um, the ones that have passed that have loved you, and they uh, they're they're part of friendship and happiness, and are going to bring you good omens. So, do we have anything to say about this? Well, yeah, um, and um, it's interesting because I, I have a sto- my own story about morning doves and Tom and Wissa have their own story about cardinals. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I recently, um, uh, when I moved back into my home after my wife passed, I uh, saw, um, I don't know anything Sorry about, about birds. Uh, you know, things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything about birds, but I'm surrounded do by, I. <laughs> by birds where I live. But I noticed uh, I, I walked out in the kitchen and I looked out the front door and there was a, a a bird that was just staring at me sitting on the railing. And I thought that was odd. I, yeah. You know, I've been in the yeah. house while I never saw that. And uh, but what was became even more odd was that the bird 
was there for two days and never moved, just stood there watching me. And then on the third day, it was joined by another, exactly the same bird. And now I have two birds that are just staring at me. And then I, I figured, okay, when I walk out on the, if I opened the front door and I walked out that surely they would fly away. And I walked out and I'm standing like 12 inches from them and they just stood staring. And I had the same thing. I, I, I asked, um, a friend, I took a picture of them and I asked, um, I think I even put it on Facebook. Does anybody know what kind of birds they are? And they said, yeah, yeah. they're mourning doves, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And I did the yeah. same thing as you. I looked it up on the internet and, and I read the same thing that you did. So, you know, I'm a tough nut to crack, but I did take that as a sign because it was very weird. It was when I just first, you know, moved back into the house um, and it never happened again after that. So, yes, I I, I, uh, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think that that that, that was a sign. And I, and, and I think yeah. I, I recall, Tom and Melissa, you, you had a, a story with a, with a cardinal. Was it a cardinal? Or? Yeah, a couple, actually. There was yeah. a, one wow. where I was driving uh, my father's car after he passed. And uh, I uh, was coming down the... Uh, a street, um, residential street. I was going pretty slow, but all of a sudden a cardinal flew and landed right in front of the car so that I, I stopped to, or I would have hit it. And that was very odd to me because usually birds are flying away from cars coming at them. So that I took as, as a sign. And then I was in my backyard and I was uh, heading over to, uh, uh, the corner of the backyard when all of a sudden I hear a, a squawk as I walk by and I turn to the left and there was a cardinal sitting in a, uh, in some bushes and calling to me in a way. I mean, how humans are scary to little creatures like that. And for a creature that was, was hidden to squawk at me as I went by, like, Hey, look, don't, don't forget me here. It, that I took as a sign as well. I've got so many Cardinals stories, Evelyn, and uh, we're on the North Shore of Long Island, and we get both Cardinals and Morning Doves. Um, I'll, I'll try oh. to be, uh, I love it. They f- f- The Cardinals will fly across our path when there are no other birds seemingly around, and when our son and his wife had their first baby, and we're driving from here to Mineola, which is about a half-hour drive, I think, to the hospital. Yeah. A cardinal flew across our path, and we it was a long weekend of labor for our daughter-in-law, so we uh, couldn't visit her at some point, and the baby hadn't been born yet, but we thought, let's walk around the outside of the building, because it was a first-floor room, and let's try to figure out maybe what room she's in, and, you know, text my son and just say we're outside, and we walked around the building not knowing what room she could possibly be in, but then we see a cardinal land on a windowsill and it was the window. It was the window. And then with the morning doves, Tom had had surgery a number of years ago and I, you know, spent the day in the hospital with him. But when I came home at night, it was just, you know, kind of lonely and I was feeling he was going to be fine, but it, you know, a little lonely. And it was raining out. And I went outside for some reason, and maybe I pulled into the driveway in my car, and it was raining out, and his car was parked there. And there was a morning dove just sitting on the roof of his car, 
over the driver's side in the rain at night. Oh my gosh. So, you know, That's I, unbelievable. Love that, I love that you notice these things. Be, and as Bob will tell you, it's not our loved one per se, but they've influenced the bird or directed our attention to the bird to show mm-hmm. us that they are around us. Yeah, so, I was, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to no. say, spirit seems to be able, is, is energy. And it can mm-hmm. affect the energy on our physical plane, as you noticed with lights flickering and channels changing and that, that they can get into the circuitry and put their energy in to make something happen to get your attention. And I feel that's the mm-hmm. same way with with birds and, and small animals, that they can get into the circuitry of the brains of these animals and make them decide to go sit on your windowsill or something like that. I think that's how that works, I think. So so the bottom line, everyone, is you're you're not alone. (laughs) Hi. Yeah. I I actually heard that um, morning doves, um, they have soulmates that they they never leave. I don't know if this is factual, but it's what I read, that they – they are together, and they never leave each other. So I did have two of them on Saturday together. Oh, oh, oh. oh I love, and, I love um, to think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I, now and, I have all alligators that visit me, and I don't think anyone knows <laughs> to me, so I don't think. <laughs> but, but the morning doves I'll definitely take. Evelyn, thank, thanks yeah, so much for sharing. that was the first for me. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Evelyn. Thanks, Evelyn. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care. Have a Bye. great night. You too. Bye-bye. Um, here's a question. Uh, <clears throat> since my husband passed, I've seen him twice. Both times he held his arms out to me, but when I reached out and touched what I thought was him, he disappeared. Um, it's, um, it's not the first time, you know, we've heard that. Uh, just think about how hard it must be you know, for your husband or anybody in the spirit world to to materialize so you would recognize them in the physical. So it could be it's just a situation where they can only sustain it for a certain amount of time, you know, and when you reached out, um, you know, that, you know, he just couldn't stay, you know, much longer. So, so he had to go. So that's the way I see it, you know, and then if you actually – I doubt that you really, if you tried to touch him, you would have felt something solid, you know, but, you know, um, sort of he's in the, the, the ether, or, you know, or, or the whatever you want to call it. Uh, but um, it's pretty cool that, that, that he came to you, um, must really love you, <laughs> you know, came to you. And because and, uh, that, that certainly takes a lot of work. So that's how I would mention that. How I would talk about that. Here's one that just came in. This whole connecting with the afterlife is new to me, uh, but I only get messages when I'm in between being awake and being asleep. I'm not sure I had how to develop this further. Is it normal? Um, and yeah, I think it's normal because we know that dream visits happen when you're in that REM st- stage of sleep, you know, that in between. And we also know that a lot of people report these communications, you know, in, in the, in the hours, the, the waking hours when they're not quite here and they're there. So um, I would say it's normal as far as what can you do? Um, I, I guess, you know, the same things 
you know, try to reproduce that REM stage of sleep. And, and the answer would be through meditation, wouldn't you guys say? Right. Oh, definitely. And that's actually, they're not talking about the REM. They're talking because they're awake, but they're not fully awake. So they're out of the REM state, which is deep sleep. And they're in that state where their conscious mind, it has not taken over the day for them. You know, once you start thinking about the day and what you've got to do, then that goes away. And as you mentioned it perfectly, the state that this person was in when they felt this is achieved by meditation. And so if you want to recreate that without having to actually go to sleep and try to catch you when you wake up is, uh, is start a practice of meditation. And uh, that's what a lot of mediums do uh, before they do their readings. They get in a meditative state so that they can accept the messages that are coming to them. I haven't had much success with that, but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. yeah. You're not necessarily going to be get mediumistic in communications if you meditate, but it will be helpful in your just generally in life. So I, I recommend highly meditating, even if you're not going to communicate with the spirit world, you will definitely put your energy into the right flow. Okay. Um, here, uh, when my sister passed in 2013, it seemed like I felt her presence a lot for a long time. When my mom passed in 2017, I sensed much less contact, but some signs. My dad passed six months ago. I have had various signs and dreams. Grief has intensified at the six-month marker, and suddenly I feel my mom's presence a lot. Do other spirits come to comfort us after a loss? Um, and are the souls sometimes too busy on this on their side after their passing to communicate? I think we just we talked about that part of it before that they very well may be, you know. It, um, and maybe right after passing, as Tom mentioned, it's not a question of being too busy. It's just trying to get adjusted to the new surroundings and figure out exactly what's going on and, and, and scoping out their, their new, their new home. Um, so, um, definitely a learning process. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as spirits coming, other spirits coming to us after a loss, yeah. I mean, you're, you're connected with, you know, your sister and your mom and your dad, and it's kind of a team effort. So I would imagine, um, they would all, try to comfort you, you know, as they welcome the newest member to, to you know, to their world. That's um, one about mediums. I had a medium reading and the medium asked me for my name and my date of birth and who I wanted her to connect me with. Is this normal? Um, well, it depends on it depends on the circumstances, right? If you, yeah. well, I understand when you're when you book a reading with a medium, you have to give the medium um, your name. I mean, I haven't done it, so I don't know, but I think that's the, that's the way it it works. So, um, and you have to give them some basic information. Certainly not your date of birth. No, you know, I mean, I would prefer to give them only my first name. But if you're making the payment in advance, they're going to have that information. You know, then it becomes, yeah, it's a problem because a, a fraudulent or unethical medium will take advantage of that. They'll have, 
you know, with, with your name, they could look up lots of things about you. An ethical medium, you know, or a medium such as certified by Forever Family Foundation, not going to resort to that. Um, but you don't know. It's, you know, it's an issue in today's world. You know, as far as, you know, and for, yeah, and then, you know, the other part is we, when I say we, I mean, at, at Forever Family Foundation prefer when a woman, when a woman, when a medium um, does not ask you who you want to speak to. We want them to, to to connect to somebody, you know, it's, you know, by it's feeding the medium by giving them information. Yes. I want to connect with my deceased husband. Well, the medium then is going to make all sorts of assumptions about your deceased, you know, husband, and you're not going to be able to trust the information. So um, that, that's particularly problematic because we have heard numbers of times from our certified mediums, you know, I can't call people up on demand. I just can tell, tell you who's here and what they're saying. So if somebody says, who do you want to hear from? It's like, I want to know, just say, well, who's there, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I definitely would not give them my birth date, uh, you know, even you know, year or even birthday, because a lot of times in a reading, they'll say, well, I've got the month of June here. Does that uh, in celebration? And if you've told them your birthday and that's your birthday, yeah. Oh, I got a birthday. <laughs> well, we knew that, <laughs> you know. That's, so yeah. you you really don't want to give them, uh, as Bob says, just give them your name. Yeah, and, first uh, name and your age. I mean, the year gives away your age. So sure, your grandmother's on the other side if you're a certain age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that, you know, when I got a medium reading, cause I, I got a medium reading. I, I never got a reading as I've mentioned, you know, from a certified medium. Cause I, I wouldn't trust the information, even though I know they're great mediums and they're ethical, but they know too much about me. So when I did get a, a reading, I got it through a, a medium that I knew that was really good. That wasn't certified by the foundation. And I only gave them my first name and I had, um, a friend of mine pay for the reading from her PayPal account. So there was no tr- paper trail. That's what I needed. I'm not suggesting that other people do that, but that's what I needed to to make sure that I had an evidential reading. Uh, well, let's go back to our callers. We have Carrie that uh, has a question. Carrie? Hi, good evening. Hi. How are you all? Good. How are you? How are you? Good. Welcome I'm to the gathering. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm calling tonight because I've had two experiences, um, and the first one scared the bejesus out of me, and the second one wasn't for many years later um, when I think I actually could accept what was happening. I I really didn't believe the first time, Um, and when these things happen, it's it's never someone from my family. It's always someone... um, you know, that's removed from me. And it's always in between when I'm falling asleep and not fully, I'm not fully awake yet. I'm not fully asleep. And I'm in this certain zone. And that's when it comes to me. The last one just happened recently. It was a friend that I went to high school with that moved from here, Long Island to Indiana many, many years ago. And I still kept in touch with him every so often. And I had a, I had what I, I call a dream about him. I woke up, I texted him. I said, hey, you were in my dream last night. Everything okay? And 
it like three hours later, his wife had called me that he had passed away. Um, and I said, wow, he was sitting there talking to me about his new wife who I really didn't know. Um, so she still stays in contact with me. And another time it was, um, you know, like I just have these experiences where I just feel like I know stuff or I don't know how to develop it or to help myself with it. And Do you is, want to develop like, it? I keep asking myself, is this real? You know, because sometimes I don't even believe it myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, the first thing that you mentioned, um, you know, I mean, how could you question it? I mean, you didn't know that your friend had died. Um, and, and, yeah, and you had this, what I would call a dream visitation from him. So, um, so you can't explain that in physical terms. So you're getting the information. The question is, you know, was he letting you know, were you picking it up um, from other means, you know, psychically? I mean, it would seem to me that he was getting a message, a message to you and letting you know, because you didn't know he was dead at the time. It wasn't like he had, you know, he had died, you know, six months ago, and then you had a dream about him, you had a dream about him. And, and, and then you later found out the best way. So that's really kind of extraordinary. You know, the, not that you're the only one that happens to it happens. We hear those stories all the time of people, they just know that somebody's passed and, you know, they get, they get that, that kind of information. So um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't question that. I just, I would just um, embrace it, you know, because you're, you're getting information, how to refine it. You know, uh, you know, there are psychic development courses, there's plenty of books about the subject. You know, if, if you think you have any mediumship ability, does there mediumship uh, development uh, things? And uh, I'm, I'm still in like the denial stage. My girlfriend actually made me listen to this tonight and she sent me the link and she's been telling me about forever family for years. And um, I just, I, I, it was always something that made me full of anxiety, but I'm at a different place now in my life. And um, like, I'll give you another example. My, uh, a girl I work with, I, I had to call her. We we're all teleworking and I called her and I was like, I don't want to freak you out and please don't think I'm crazy, but I had a dream about your father. And she was like, my father passed away. I said, I kind of got that already. I said, but, um, he was holding your baby daughter and she was like, what? She, she was getting married in two months. And while she was on her honeymoon, she messaged me that she found out she was pregnant. And we just found out last weekend that it's a, do- uh, a girl. Wow. So I don't, I don't know where all these things come from. I, you know, it makes you feel like sometimes you're like, am I crazy? Am I, am I crazy? Is this coincidence? You know, no. like, I don't want to, push it away anymore i would like to embrace that but i just want to make sure that other people have similar things absolutely similar things um and no you're not well i can't say you're not crazy but you're not crazy about this (laughs) Uh, yeah my husband might disagree with that (laughs) you 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 brought up a, a very interesting point right when you started your explanation um that i think is worth highlighting and why people say, well, what, you know, if they can communicate with us, if they can do all this stuff, why don't they? And for the simple 
reason, I think, of what you said when you had a first experience that it scared the bejesus out of you. And Spirit knows, well, I'd love to come and and show up at the the doorstep, but they would be so frightened that I might hurt them in some way. You know, they could have a heart attack or whatever. So the last thing they want to do is make you scared. They, you know, they're coming with love and they, they want love in return. But if you, if you scream and, and shout at them, they're going to go away and they're not going to try that again. So that's a good point. The acceptance as you're hopefully coming towards now, you're, you're on the path to acceptance where you can say, no, this is not strange. This is not unreal. This is something that is a natural occurrence that, that not everybody gets and people, a lot of people who get dismiss it as coincidence or something else. But if you recognize it for what it is that you are tapping in to the great universe, uh, universal energy, it can be a very wonderful thing. And uh, I encourage you to uh, continue. And to find development uh, courses, if you go on the Forever Family Foundation website and look at the certified mediums link, and it lists all the mediums that Forever Family Foundation has certified, many of them do offer development courses that you could do virtually. So you might want to start doing your homework and look into that. Yeah, yeah. John Holland, who was mentioned earlier, has a great uh, online uh, community, soul community. And Janet Nohavik. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. yeah, I don't mean to single anybody out because there are many. Right, there are many. Yeah, I would, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you, what you said, Tom. Also, you know, regarding, you can analyze the fear. I mean, why why was it fearful? It was fearful because you were brought up in an environment that taught you to be fearful of things that uh, that were, um that you couldn't touch with your five uh, senses or explain by your five senses. You know, we fear the unknown, you know, your culture, maybe your religion, your teachers. I mean, your, your, your oh, educators. Well, I'll tell you, so you, you, yeah. I'll tell you where the fear comes from. I used to yeah. tell my mom, I, I used to tell my mom when I was little, you have to leave now when she was like, want to read books to us or whatever. I yeah. said, you have to leave now because my guardian angel's coming. And when he comes, we pop out of our bodies and we float in the room. And I remember specifically pulling myself out of my body. I was able to do it. I mean, I wish I could do it now, but I I can't. And my mom would freak out on me. She would, you know, scream and yell um, that, you know, I was, that that she didn't want, like, she didn't want any of that in her home. And, um, you know, very Catholic home. Right. So, um, so I said so that, that's that explains where the fear came from. it. Right. Yeah. So if if your mom had have said, well, you know, Carrie, that's wonderful. You know, could you teach me how to do it? And you know, had conversations with you about it, things would be very different, wouldn't they? Absolutely, I believe so. Yeah, and you know, the, these um, gifts that you have does not mean that you're meant to go and become a, a professional medium and start, you know, doing that work. We, we, we can all be personal communicators, you know, you can still develop your gifts, but there's no reason that you have to do it like professionally, you know, that that's another, another. Issue. Right. Right. But, but thank you so much for calling and sharing with us, Carrie, have a good evening. Thanks for the dialogue. It was nice meeting <laughs> you all. And I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Gary. Thanks. I know. Good night. Good night. So we have a question here. Um, do you need to get into an altered state of consciousness to communicate with the dead? Um, you know, when I didn't know anything about mediumship um, back in the day, I assumed that, you know, but then I found out that that's not true. Um, you know, we've all witnessed it, you know, Tom and Melissa and myself when watching mediums work is that, um, I mean, some may, um, you know, say a private prayer and some might do, you know, a meditation, but most of the mediums uh, just um, go right into it, you know, where they, they might, they have sort of like an internal way of, of, of raising their, their vibrations um, and they, and they just go into it, you know, as a, as opposed to somebody, a lot of people have this misconception that mediums got to get, get into like a trance-like state and, and information comes up. That's not the way mental mediumship works. Right? Yeah. And in fact, the uh, caller earlier or, or who mentioned having actually seen their loved ones a couple of times, I am convinced or am 90% sure that they didn't do anything to prepare for that, that they were just, going about their lives and then all of a sudden, whoa, <laughs> look who's here. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, it can happen out of the blue and you, yeah, it doesn't have to be. You can enhance it, I'm sure, by uh, you know, raising your vibrations in different ways, but uh, it, it's not necessary. True. Here's one. I, I was brought up believing that we should not attempt to communicate with the dead. Um, it was against my religion. Can a medium be religious? Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of people, a lot of mediums that we know would consider themselves to be religious. Most of them think of themselves more as, as spiritual, but some definitely, and we, we know them and, and they, they do, you know, practice, um, you know, their, their religion. And I guess the way that they look at it is that their gift, their ability was a gift from their God that they worship. And in that sense, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, you know, and, and they certainly don't look um, at it as um uh, something that violates, you know, their religion, but something that's, you know, part of it. And you mentioned before, uh, um, Melissa, uh, you know, Janet Nohavik, and we know that she is a certified medium with for Family Foundation. She you know, uh, was a, um, a Catholic nun, you know, and she left the, the convent because um, she felt pressure and being kind of like persecuted or shunned because of these gifts that she was starting to exhibit. So she went in the opposite direction, got away from the dogma of her particular religion and, and actually opened up a spiritual church, you know, where, you know, open to all denominations and where they give, you know, in these spiritual churches, they give readings as part of the service. You know, I thought, well, that's kind of a cool thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I, you know, that's something that, that I would go to, you know, get readings. So. Yeah, I'd like to experience that more. We had visited Janet's church years ago, but uh, I don't think we've been to any other spiritualist churches, and I know there are many of them, yeah. and some that our mediums are affiliated with. Yeah, um, we have time for one more. We, uh, we, we've talked about this before, but the question was, um, 
is a, a am I going to get a better reading if I'm sitting with a medium in person as opposed to, you know, um, over uh, Zoom or the phone? Um, and we we find that there is no difference in the in the evidence. Um, there's an intangible, unseen connection that takes place that doesn't have anything to do with distance or physicality, you know. So the information is information, and I I, I always think of it like. The person in spirit is not like they're a hundred miles away. They're in another dimension. So what difference does, does it matter if they're sitting in front of you the 3000 miles away or, or whatever on the other side of the globe. So um, I, don't I, think think. We've, I think we've heard the connection can sometimes almost be clearer when there's no person in front of you, even a zoom. I mean, most of the mediums lately have been offering Zoom or just a phone call. And while it's very nice to be able to see who you are speaking to, sometimes there are distractions with that. Whereas if you're just focusing on the phone call. That's true. And and we know that the, the scientists that study these things prefer um, phone or audio only because um, they want to eliminate the possibility that the medium is picking up those cues that you mentioned, Melissa, you know, by, you know, um, appearance or the way the person, um, you know, looks or certain um, attributes, I guess their age and, and where they're from and how they talk and so forth. So, yeah. So the answer is no, but the other question was, um, you know, am I better off in a, in a group reading or an individual reading Um and if if it's the true reading that you that you desire, we always recommend an individual reading because in a group you may not get read, you know, right. uh, at all. Um, and there's there's not really any control of that. And also, sometimes we've even seen I know you've seen it too, Tom, with where the person in spirit doesn't want to come through in in a group for privacy kind of reasons, but then afterwards will come through to, you know, to the medium, you know, like in private. Mm-hmm. So that answers that. True. Um, so I just wanted to uh, mention again that um, you can go on the foreverfamilyfoundation.org on the events uh, section. Uh, you can purchase a raffle to win a reading with the medium, support the work of Forever Family Foundation. Um, the uh, webinar, uh, Grief and the Afterlife, is pretty popular. I think we have about 150 people so far that have have registered for that. Um, So that should be a good webinar and you can uh, gain entry to that. I think it's $15 and um, 10 spots left in the October California grief retreat. So if you're interested in that, um, don't delay because that'll fill up very quickly. Um, And uh, with that, you guys have something that you'd like to say? I would like to say And remind everyone, our loved ones are only a heartbeat away. And science is going to prove it. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Good night. Good night.